I want to encourage you right now to go ahead and turn uh, to Psalm chapter 60. While you're turning there, just uh, thank you for joining with us tonight for this uh, journey through the Psalms. We've been studying the Psalms, really started since COVID hit uh, last March, and we began this journey through the Psalms. Today we're on Psalm 60, and uh, it is going to be a great encouragement to you. Uh, also remind you that every time we gather together, uh, it is important that we evaluate our stewardship and our generosity as followers of Jesus Christ and as members of First Norfolk. Uh, we have the privilege of honoring God, uh, delighting in Him by giving our tithes and our offerings. And I want to remind you, especially when we gather together, just reflect, am I being a faithful steward of what God has put in my care? Am I demonstrating delight in God and devotion to Him by how I am returning to Him uh, the portion that He's asked me to give? Uh, am I being generous? And uh, as a church, every time we gather together, it's an opportunity for us to give uh, our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. Uh, we do it online. You can do it by using the mobile app, or you can mail in your tithe and offering. Uh, and as we celebrate all that God has for us as a church, uh, we uh, fund what we do uh, through the tithes and the offerings that you provide. So I want to encourage you to be generous, to be faithful, uh, and to demonstrate your delight and your devotion to God. What is courage? What is courage? Uh, courage is the uh, ability to uh, press through even in the hard things. It's the ability to uh, face the fears that we encounter and press on in spite of those fears. Uh, courage is what happens when a soldier or a sailor faces enemy fire and presses into the battle anyway. The fear remains, but uh, courage is moving beyond the fear. Courage is when a fireman or fire person uh, sees a burning building and runs in to save those who are in that building. The fear remains, but courage presses us onward uh, to do the hard things. Uh, courage is a police officer uh, responding to a disturbance at a home, hearing gunshots or being threatened with violence, and still pressing on for the safety and the security of our communities. Yes, that is courage. Courage is pressing in to do the hard thing. Courage, for followers of Jesus, uh, is uh, hearing the call of God to share the good news of His rescuing love with a friend or a co-worker or a neighbor, and feeling the fear that comes along with that, the anxiety and the tension in our spirit, should I or shouldn't I, but God's calling us to it, and so courage is pressing on and sharing the gospel uh, with someone who needs to hear about God's rescuing love through faith in Christ. And courage is when we as a church attempt the hard things, the challenging things, the, the things that might fly in the face of the culture around us or might even uh, be a, 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 an, a, 
a journey that is challenging to us and calls for us to step forward. Uh, We are afraid, but we press on through the fear to do the hard thing that God is calling us to do. Uh, Courage is the ability to press through the fear and do what we need to do. Uh, In Psalm 60, we hear about courage and, and really about finding courage. And boy, we need courage in our everyday life, not just in the fires or the battles or uh, the, uh, the, the distress calls of those in need, but in everyday life, we feel uh, the fear that comes along with living our life for God's glory, uh, living for His honor and His fame. We, we feel the fear of doing life. Uh, as faithful followers of Jesus, we understand that fear, uh, but we need to find the courage to press on through uh, the fear and do the difficult thing or the hard thing or the uphill climb thing uh, or the battle kind of thing that God is calling us to do every single day. So how do we find courage uh, in the face of our fear? Psalm 60 addresses that very issue. Uh, The psalmist speaks to us today and helps us see the pathway that leads us to find courage. The fear doesn't necessarily uh, uh, disappear, uh, but the courage uh, that we find in this passage as we follow the precepts of this psalm, the, the courage we find Uh, gives us the ability, the supernatural, spirit-infused, Christ-honoring ability uh, to do the very thing that God is calling us to do, uh, to live for His honor in this world today. Uh, We hear this this, uh, courage being described at the end of the psalm. Look at Psalm 60, verse 12. The psalmist says, "...through God we will do valiantly." For it is he who shall tread down the enemies. We shall do valiantly. You know what that means? It means that we will do that which is courageous. We will do that which is sufficient. We will do that which God has called us to do. Through God, we will do valiantly. I pray that that becomes uh, the theme and the meme of your life today and tomorrow and the next day. That that you would ask God early in the morning, God, how would you want me to live? What would you want me to do? God, these are circumstances on my to-do list or situations in my everyday life that cause me fear. Will you show me how to, uh, to live valiantly, to do valiantly in each one of those circumstances? God, whatever you call me to do, I'm going to do it. If we begin our days with that kind of prayer and a commitment to put our trust in God rather than to shrink back like uh, 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 courage the cowardly dog into the shadows and the corners of life, uh, we will find the courage we need uh, to do what God is calling us to do. Well, uh, maybe uh, you're like David was. In 2 Samuel chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 14, we hear the story during the time that David is king, uh, Joab and Abishai are, are some of his generals, and uh, in the landscape of the world at that time, 
the Ammonites, they had a king who had been loyal to David. Uh, that king died. His son takes over, and he's not loyal to David anymore. He wants to bring the battle to David. So they hire, not only are they going to battle against Israel, but they hire the Syrians to go to battle with Israel. And, and so here we find in verses 10, 11, and 12 especially, we find the, uh, the, uh, the battle uh, field is laid out. The Syrians are coming from one angle. The Ammonites are coming from another angle. Uh, Joab and Abishar, they're ready for the battle. And, and, and they make a plan. They say, one of us will go after the Syrians. The other one will go after the Ammonites. If, if I get overrun by the Syrians, then you'll come help me. If you get overrun by the Ammonites, Ammonites I'll come help you. Um, but it says in verse 12, I think, it says, Be of good courage, the Lord has given us the battle. Now, that's the perspective that we need to have. In the face of fear, well, we need to press forward. But to get there, the first thing we need to understand is that we have courage, we find courage, when God fixes what's broken in us. So often in my life, uh, the broken, shattered pieces of my emotions or my circumstance is not because primarily of, of the Syrians or the Ammonites. It's because of my wandering, rebellious heart against God. My sin shatters me. And that's what we hear in the first few verses, how that the sin of God's people had led to a shattering of their courage, their confidence, their very life. Listen to Psalm 60, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 60, verse 1, O God, you have cast us off. You've broken us down. You have been displeased. O, restore us again. You've made the earth tremble. You've broken it. Heal or mend its breaches, for it is shaking. You've shown your people hard things. You've made us drink the wine of confusion. You've given a banner to those who fear you that it may be displayed because of the truth, that your beloved may be delivered, save with your right hand and hear me. Now, what, what is this psalmist talking about? Well, we don't know the specifics, but we do know generally the principle here. The principle is if we're living far from God as followers of Christ, if we've decided that we're going to live life for us rather than for God, if we've decided that we're going to wander away from God, then we will feel the displeasure of God. We will feel like the world is shaking around us. We will feel broken and shattered. Now, we will, we will feel uh, the uh, the devastating effects of our rebellious heart. One of the things that I would encourage you to evaluate every single day is what sin stands between me and sweet fellowship with God. For me to find courage every day to do the hard things that I must do, to face the difficult things, as, as the psalmist said here, Lord, you have shown us hard things. You've made us drink the wine of confusion. He's saying, here is the truth. We, we're dealing with some hard things. We're, we're facing some ferocious foes. There are challenges, and we're not up for the battle. We're not up for the challenge. We're shrinking in fear. And Verses 1 and 2 tell us that the reason that is happening is because 
we are cast off. We're uh, 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 the object of God's displeasure. Now, what causes God to stiff arm us? Usually, according to Scripture, it's our pride, and that pride resulting in sin. Uh, God says in His Word in Old Testament and New Testament that He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. In our pride, perhaps, we have become self-assured. We think that we're up for whatever we face, or I'm more important than what God wants. My comfort is more important than God's desire. My, my plan is more uh, important than God's purpose and plan. Uh, we give God a nod during the day saying, God, I love you, but then we forget about God and we pursue our own path. Please understand that uh, when we live in pride, God stiff arms us. And we feel emotionally and spiritually and here even physically uh, the despair of that distance between us and God because as followers of Christ, we have turned our heart toward ourselves rather than toward Him. Pride uh, is that thing in me that awakens fear because we learn pretty quickly that we're not up for the challenges of the day. We can't handle it ourselves. And no matter how many times you think you've handled your life or I think I've handled my life on my own without God's help, uh, I'm, I, in that moment, I'm, I'm ready uh, to hear the hard truth that um, God is not pleased. The greatest desire that we should have every day as followers of Christ is to please God. And, and if we're going to find courage, then we need, to take, uh, we need to have God to take those broken pieces in us uh, where pride has shattered our, our, our faith in God, pride has shattered our dependence on God, pride has shattered our obedience to God. We need to take those, those broken pieces of our life and give them to God in repentance, and we need to cry out to Him, as the psalmist did in the very last phrase of verse 1, restore us again. Or in verse 2, heal, heal what's broken. Because the world is shaking. Um, today, my, my plea for us as followers of Christ, look, God is calling First Norfolk to do hard things. He is. He's, he's calling us to press forward by faith, accomplishing things that are beyond us and doing things that are beyond us and accomplishing things that are beyond us. We're not trying to merely live our life as a church doing the things that we can do. No, no, no. We want to be a church that does the things that God can do. But we've got to humble ourselves before God, let go our pride, uh, repent our sin, and ask God to heal what's broken. Um, we need to, verse 4, live under the banner of God. Verse 4 tells us that God has erected a banner. Now, you, in, in the battle uh, scene that, that is somewhat pictured here, in the battle scene, the banner was on the field of battle, and it described or, or declared a charge or a, 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 a rallying point, a, a point of encouragement, uh, you remember in the movie uh, probably a decade ago called The Patriot where Mel Gibson was uh, a, a farmer dur uh, during the uh, uh, Revolutionary War and, 
And during that time, the, the British and uh, the American colonies were in battle. And you remember that last battle scene where uh, the, uh, the flag that was sown uh, by uh, those who were fighting for American independence on the battlefield, uh, Mel Gibson picks up the flag that had been broken and he begins to run and people run after him. They're encouraged as they see that flag and they charge even more fervently. When we look at this passage, it's a similar kind of thing uh, where God's banner is before us, but, but God's banner, his presence, his power, his strength, his banner um, belongs to those who fear him. The fear of the Lord is the very ab- uh, opposite of pride in ourselves. If you and I are going to find courage, we need God to fix those broken pieces, and that means that we need to humble ourselves before God, repenting our sin, confessing our sin, any of our waywardness, we lay it at the foot of Christ's cross, then we live each moment in the fear of the Lord. Oh God, whatever you want, I'll do it. And I'm going to trust that you will do what needs to be done for me. That's verse 5. In verse 5, the psalmist says, God, you, you will save your beloved. Uh, you, you will rescue those who uh, love you and whom you love. Listen, because of Jesus Christ, you are part of the family of God. When you by faith trusted his death on the cross as payment for your sin, his resurrection from the dead is giving you a new life and a new heart. That wasn't merely a religious exercise. That was a supernatural work of God's grace to bring us into his family. And as we live in God's family today, we are the object of his love. He loves us. He longs to fly his banner over our lives and over this church every single day. But, but we must live in the fear of the Lord and in, in, in submission to his will and obedience to his commands and in, in, in abandonment to his purpose and his plan. Always, always, always putting what he wants above what we want. This is the fear of the Lord, and if we're going to find courage to do the hard things and to live life as followers of Christ and to live as a shining beacon of God's glory and grace in this world as a church, then we must allow God to fix the broken pieces of who we are. Any point of pride is a fracture in our fellowship with God. Any point of pride in your life or mine is a fracture in our fellowship with God. So we need to repent our pride and we need to bow before God in fear of the Lord. Reverence, obedience, submission to Him. If we're going to find courage for every day uh, and, and throughout the day, we, we must uh, uh, submit the broken pieces of our life so that God can repair it. Secondly, we find courage because holy God promises protection. When uh, I'm afraid, or when I have been afraid in my life, uh, there have always been important people in my world who would take me by the hand and say, I'm, I'm with you. I've got your back. I'm going before you. I'll, I'll pave the way. Sometimes that was, that, that, that was my dad or my mom. At times it was a brother. Um, 
There were times and seasons when it was a mentor or a coach. Um, it's been my wife for 30 years this year. Um, even even uh, in the most difficult days, Edie has promised to protect. Now, that's the earthly realm, and, and that's uh, encouraging to us. God's given us a church of family, uh, f- not just friends, but family, and, and we stand with each other and we stand by each other so that we individually and corporately together can do the hard things that God's called us to do to find courage. But more important than human help, which falters at times, we have the promise of God's protection. Now, this is verses 6 through 8. Listen uh, as God begins to speak. Psalm 60, verse 6. God has spoken in His holiness. Let's stop right there. God has spoken. And then that phrase, in His holiness. You know what that means? It means that God has spoken the pure word, the true word, the faithful word, the word that's based upon His character. When He makes a promise, He keeps a promise because God is holy and He will never break the word that He's given. God has spoken in His holiness. Now, what does He speak? This is God speaking. He says, I will rejoice... I will divide Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the helmet of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom, I will cast my shoe, which was an insult. Philistia, I will shout in triumph over them. Now, here's what God is saying. He's saying... uh, to Israel, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. The land and the people within it belong to me. And I will fulfill my promise of protection to my people. You see, the psalmist came to God with the plea, restore me, heal me, in submission in the fear of the Lord, he, he asked God to fix the broken pieces, and God returns that act of humility and repentance with a, a, a powerful promise of his protection for his beloved. He says, you are mine, the north, the south, the east, the west, at all corners, no matter what your foe may sling your way, God says, I am here for you. And Paul said it differently. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor, nor, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other created thing shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The north, the south, the east, the west, at every turn and every side, because of Jesus, we have confidence that God is for us. Who then can stand against us? God has promised protection, and we experience that protective care of the living God as we live humbly before Him. Now, here's the the challenge and the warning for us. When we step outside of that protection through our pride, and that's what happens, We step outside of protection of God because we decide to go it alone. God says, hey, listen, 
I've made a promise in my holiness, he says. I've made a promise to you. You come back in the circle of my protection through humility and living in fear and reverence to him. Once we do that, we can live secure. And even though the ferocious foes attack, even though we feel that sense of fear, we can press on. Why? Because we know that God is for me. As you and I seek to do what God is calling us to do, when our church seeks to do what God is calling us to do, we can be confident that God is protecting us to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Surrounded on all sides, God is the divine warrior. Moab is his wash pot. <laughs> the enemy of Moab, the, the ferocious foe of Moab, that's his wash pot. He's not concerned with Moab, with, uh, with Edom. He, he throws his shoe at them. He says, hey, listen, you, you're not a big deal. With Philistia, the Philistines, they cry out, oh, God is victorious. If the enemies see the victory of God, why can't we? You and I, followers of Jesus who have tasted the victory through faith in Christ, uh, victory over sin and victory over death, we can live in the victory of everyday life because God is holding our hand so that we can accomplish his purpose. Not our own purpose, but his purpose. Today, don't step outside the circle of his protection, but live centered on his purpose and plan, fulfilling what he's called us to do. Well, we find courage when we uh, ask God and, and receive the grace of God in fixing our broken pieces. We find courage when, uh, when, uh, when holy God promises his protection, and we find courage, here it is, we find courage in God and in God alone. Here's the thing. Uh, we want to think we're courageous. And, and many times we demonstrate a sense of courage. But, but only God can sustain us and strengthen us. Only God can help us accomplish the mighty miraculous things that he's calling us to do every single day. When it comes to sharing the gospel with one of our friends or our neighbors or our coworkers or classmates. It's God who helps us do that. When we stand in the face of a cultural onslaught that says uh, that sin is not sin, and we as the church declare, no, the Bible says that this sin is sin, in that moment, make no mistake, what gives us courage is God and God alone. What gave the disciples courage to stand in the face of, of, uh, uh, of, of persecution uh, following the death, resurrection, and glorification of Jesus in the book of Acts, what gave them courage to, uh, to, to face down the very people that sent Jesus to the cross? What, what gave them that courage? It was in God and God alone. As they submitted to God's purpose and plan, they pressed forward, did the hard things, and the world was changed. Friends, the same thing can happen here, must happen here. 
We have generations around us, generations behind us, and they have yet to hear that God is great and greatly to be praised, that, that the only hope for a satisfied life is through faith in Christ, living in sweet fellowship with the living God. This, this, it's, not, it's not that we're trying to promote a conservative politic. We're trying to demonstrate that relationship with God is the key to life. And, and, and to do that, you know, we have to face up to obstacles and op- opposition and uh, strife internally and externally, we, we need to do all that we can to reach the next generation with the good news of God's rescuing love. But to accomplish that, we need the help of God and God alone. Listen to verses 9 through 12. The psalmist asks, who will bring me to the strong city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God, who stiff-armed us, who cast us off. And you, O God, who did not go out with our armies, verse 11, give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Through God, we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. The certainties that we can have in this life are all built on the foundation of our relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, strengthening us and nourishing our soul with God's presence, inspiring us, correcting us, and moving us forward to do the things that God has called us to do, even in difficult days, even in the face of insurmountable odds. The help of man is useless. But through God, we will do valiantly. So today, don't look to your bank account or your own abilities or your own charisma or your own skill set or competency or knowledge or any of those things. Look to God to do the hard things that God calls each of us to do as followers of Christ, we need God. Our help comes from God alone. Good news. God, with open arms, is ready to help. Through God, we will do valiantly. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he bless your going in and your coming out, and may he give you the courage you need today to do the hard thing he's calling you to do. God bless you, and good night.